Dan Mack is back, and this year she has sought out the best customer-centric thought leaders from around the world. Are you after practical, accessible, and customer-centric marketing? You're in the right place. Sit back and enjoy Dan's small business podcast. For more information, go to www.daniellemckinnis.com or visit www.mckinnismarketing.com.au. So this morning I interviewed Lars Burkholm Peterson, who's one of the co-authors of Connect, How to Use Data and Experience Marketing to Create Lifetime Customers. Lars talks about the customer experience maturity model and really how to apply that and the practices to improve your business. He explains some quick wins that you can use um, by aligning some digital channels and gives some examples of some Australian companies who are doing this really well. I start the interview by asking Lars why he decided to write the book. So, um, so tell me a little bit about the book that you've written and, and really why you decided to write Connect. And, and I guess it's a really great time to have written it, given I think the premise of the book looks at process, people and technology. Can you sort of give us a little bit of background as to you know, how it came about? Yeah, uh, sure. So we have um, me and uh, Ron and uh, Chris, who is uh, co-authors of the uh, book. We have been uh, uh, doing a lot of work with uh, different organizations for the past many years. And, um, and the work we are doing is uh, helping them uh, create better experiences for their customers. So essentially using uh, data uh, to form the experiences for their customers. And then uh, personalization is, of course, uh, key to, uh, to that. Um, we also, as part of uh, doing this, um, really get in depth with these uh, organizations. And uh, we found that one of the biggest barriers for actually uh, providing rich, relevant experiences for customers is uh, process. So missing or lacking a model or a process is really uh, one of the uh, top barriers uh, on the list. So, uh, so of course, based on uh, that, we, um, we did a lot of uh, work into uh, how can we sort of make it uh, easier, make it um, uh, better to understand what is the uh, process and, uh, and guidance in terms of, uh, of going on this journey. And that is when we um, uh, created the uh, customer experience maturity model, uh, which has actually been um, a model we have been using for a couple of years. And, um, and then based on the feedback on that model, which has been uh, really good, um, but also an, uh, an often asked question has been, uh, where can we find more information? Uh, can you send more uh, documents around this? Um, that was sort of the uh, starting of, uh, of um, we, we probably need to, uh, like, um, to scale this. And uh, a good way to scale it is uh, writing a book. Oh, absolutely. And what I thought was really interesting was the model, because you can sort of pinpoint where you are in terms of the maturity of your customer experience and I guess the marketing that you're doing. Can you sort of explain the model a little bit in a little bit more detail? Yeah, uh, definitely. So the uh, customer experience maturity model is, um, is a seven stage model. It's, um, it starts at uh, initiate and it ends with the lifetime customer. So the mission of the model is to help organizations build lifetime customers. And uh, the way we do it is that uh, organizations can um, can assess what are their current maturity. Uh, 
And based on their current maturity, they should really uh, um, uh, use that to build the roadmap on what can be achieved short term and also establishing the long term vision, which should really be around uh, building uh, lifetime customers, because that is key uh, to be competitive, especially in the age of the uh, connected uh, customer. So, so that's the uh, objective of the uh, model. So seven stages. The first stage is uh, initiate, and initiate is where um, most organizations will have a very uh, inside-out view. So uh, a lot of the content that is uh, distributed in the uh, digital channels is uh, very dominated by how good we are, we are the best in the world, and uh, our products are the best, etc. Mm-hmm. So not really, um, uh, taking the, um, the customer, uh, what's in it uh, for me, and, uh, and, and have the outside-in angle of that. Also at Initiate is where many organizations are basically using different channels, but they are not connected. They are using email, but email is is really not intelligent use of email. It's a more blast email, sending the same message to all the recipients. Analytics is more looking at visits, page views, time on site, and not really what matters for the organization. The, uh, the opposite side of the maturity model, you have the uh, lifetime customers, the endpoint, the nirvana, and um, that is where organizations are able to anticipate the needs of the customers. So effectively by understanding and knowing the uh, customer through the uh, different uh, interactions and the data, with predictions are able to anticipate that this customer is very likely to uh, purchase this product or is very likely to uh, do a churn if it's a B2B, etc. And then we can uh, be more uh, proactive and actually um, send out content that would be uh, relevant at the right uh, time. So, of course, there are some uh, steps between uh, going from a very static uh, digital channels to being very intelligent. And the second stage, uh, jumping from initiate um, into uh, to uh, radiate, it's really about a customer-first approach where you uh, distribute, distribute the content to the most important uh, channels where your customers are um, and also uh, change the way you distribute it to be more uh, focused on customers and more uh, outside in. Um, going from uh, Radiate, it's a line, and a line is um, so important uh, because a line is really where we uh, align the purpose of uh, life in our organizations, the strategic objectives with uh, the marketing objectives and with the uh, digital objectives. So we understand um, what we are trying to achieve from a strategic level and we have goals that have been clear uh, aligned with that and also um, building a more cross-channel metric that is more a qualitative metric in terms of uh, what we are trying to achieve as a business. Um, And the interesting thing is that uh, we have a lot of uh, organizations um, that are very um, at the first stages here, Mm. but but as soon as you begin to align, we also see a shift. And that shift is is also a shift from uh, digital marketing. So if you consider digital marketing, that is in nature very focused on attracting uh, visitors to uh, digital channels like um, the website, uh, like the social channel, getting likes, shares, getting people to open uh, emails, etc. And um, and if you look at how we measure digital marketing, then in most cases is uh, it's based on visits, likes, 
øh, e-mail opens, uh, shares, uh, app downloads, uh, etc. Um, which really don't correlate to what we are trying to achieve as a business, because it's just a matter of investing more, then you will drive more visits, but it don't mean that you will also drive more business. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you begin to align, then we enter into the fourth stage, uh, optimize. And optimize is really where we focus on optimizing the experience, and thereby we also optimize the, um, the uh, conversions we are trying to get from the different uh, digital channels. And the focus will also shift from attract to uh, convert, and thereby we enter into um, what we call um, experience marketing, which is really marketing that is based on creating relevant experiences for our customers. And uh, that is where we begin to connect better, and we actually begin to see much more business value coming out of our uh, different uh, digital uh, channel. And that will start in uh, Align, and it will definitely be emphasized in uh, stage four, Optimize. And then stage five, um, Nurture is really enforcing that by doing more sophisticated optimization, more sophisticated uh, personalization, that we start and optimize with a very uh, easy, low-hanging fruit personalization and testing. But we will extend that in nurture, where we will do more sophisticated. We will also do more, um, add more channels. So, for instance, adding in more email uh, channels that is closely connected with our website, with our app, etc. So we can trigger relevant uh, communication based on the behavior in, in those. Um, that will definitely give a lot of value. And it will also start building what we call the single view of the customer, uh, but it will be the market's single uh, view because they will have uh, their different marketing uh, channels and the uh, interactions that they get from their customers into a single view of the uh, customer um, that is essential for taking real-time decisions and uh, form the experience. That will eventually uh, emerge into uh, state six, which is engage. And engage, uh, the mission is really to create a true single view of the customer that spans across the different uh, touch points we have in the organizations. So for instance, also weaving in uh, the data we have in our CRM system, weaving in the data we have in uh, the call center and uh, into the single view so we can better uh, continue the conversation across uh, touch points. And then uh, stage seven, is really adding in the uh, intelligence and predictions on top of the single view and on top of all the intelligence we have for similar um, patterns by other customers that match you. And then we can start actually uh, be um, uh, adding in the uh, anticipatory um, content and the uh, suggestions for, for the customers there. So that that's uh, sort of the uh, progression through the, uh, through the model. So... Um, that was great. Thanks, Lars, and it helps to sort of explain it. And um, I'll put a link to um, obviously the website and this map so that people can measure that where they are on the maturity model. But just in terms of, I mean, two different audiences. I mean, I guess the audience that listen to me are, are more likely to be small, medium businesses, and and like you said, they're probably in that first or second stage where you know they've got a a website that is probably a brochure mostly about them <laughs> and they're probably thinking because they now know that the customer has much more of a control over the journey that they take like we all do that that things have changed and that their old marketing and sales process isn't 
as effective. So referral and, and doing some of the touch points that they used to do, they know it's not working. But how can they start to engage and take steps, easy, cost-affordable steps to sort of make this make sense for their business? And then if you can give me an example on the other end of perhaps a business that is actually doing this and doing it really well. Yeah, so um, so, so a couple of um, uh, answers uh, to that. First, uh, being a small or medium-sized business is definitely not a showstopper, of course. It means you have uh, smaller uh, budgets, mm-hmm. but in many cases, it also means that you actually um, are a bit more agile um, than uh, some of the very big uh, organizations. So it's also uh, easier to, uh, to actually launch new initiatives and uh, have a more agile uh, approach. What we advocate very much is uh, the quick wins, because we need quick wins to um, basically um, convince our executive that this has great impact and great value for the uh, organization. Um, of course, we focus on creating best possible experiences for our customers, but we also need uh, to show the effect of those uh, great experiences we are doing in terms of what we are trying to achieve as a business. So, uh, so that is um, the focus of the uh, quick wins. So, uh, so typical, um, if you're in the beginning stages, and uh, based on the research we did uh, for the book, 85.4% of uh, organizations are in either initiate or radiate, which are the two uh, first uh, stages. Mm-hmm. So, the, so the quick wins in uh, those cases is really to, uh, to start um, uh, align a couple of uh, very important objectives for the website uh, and really get a clear understanding of what we are trying to achieve. So, for instance, if we are B2B organization, um, then uh, some of the argument we hear a lot uh, in the beginning is uh, we are not selling online, we are just presenting our products. Mm-hmm. But, but, of course, in a B2B, the uh, journey from uh, potential customers definitely involved the uh, di- different digital channels. And research shows that a lot of uh, B2B buyers have actually made decisions without reaching out to sales. So it's definitely important uh, to understand the behaviors from potential buyers and respond to that uh, digital. So in that case, the objective would be uh, generate leads, getting people to sign into uh, different uh, forms. Retail, it could be a loyalty program, uh, competitions, and of course, e-commerce would be the uh, the um, um, the order conversion. Um, if it's more uh, municipalities, it would could be self-service because then there's a cost uh, reduction. In terms of um, uh, in terms of people uh, actually uh, showing up on site and demanding to uh, to get uh, help, if they can do it digitally, then it's much more cost efficient. So it, it's a matter of uh, basically aligning what are we trying to achieve, so we have a clear uh, understanding of that. Then the quick wins uh, would be really focused on how can we optimize the conversions of uh, those goals, mm-hmm. and. Some very um, um, good ways to start is to think about who are the different uh, segments we have on our website. What are what are our key segments? And those segments should be um, um, mapped to uh, to segments that have uh, potential. In terms of if we are optimizing the experience, it should also have a big uh, potential uh, impact on what we are trying to achieve. They should have uh, be important in terms of uh, having uh, significant uh, size. 
So, uh, so when we're looking at the segments, uh, we try to uh, personalize the experience for where we also have a lot of uh, visitors, so we can also have a lot of uh, impact. And we should be able to identify them early on, so they don't have to uh, browse through 10 different pages on our website before we can see that they belong to this segment. Mm. And, and a good way to identify them early on would be, for instance, by some of the marketing campaigns that, uh, that we're already doing. So, uh, so for instance, if we go back a couple of years, we had access to search keywords from, um, from search engines, and we couldn't see exactly what is the intent of the visitor arriving on our website. We can't do that anymore because most keywords are being hidden. Mm. So if, if we create um, like a PPC campaign, then we uh, understand if somebody actually clicks on that PPC campaign and enters through our website. So that is a campaign uh, referral. And now we can use that campaign referral to optimize, personalize the messages you see throughout the website. So if we have promoted a specific uh, service, a specific uh, product, uh, a specific theme, then we should personalize the content so that aligns with that because that is uh, the intent of the visitor. And, and doing that um, is most often a quick win because that will, in most cases, optimize your, uh, your um, conversions on uh, those specific uh, goals. Yeah, and it makes me think, you know, because I'm certainly coming across companies that, uh, and, and you will probably, you know, verify this as well, that aren't just talking to everyone. They've actually identified the customer on the home page. You know, maybe there's two or three that they've profiled, um, that you actually go in to find, you know, I'm a trade partner or I'm a customer, for example, and then you go through that navigation to find what you want. I guess that's one thing. And the other thing that I'm seeing is even on the forms having drop-downs to try and identify what sort of category or bucket or segment they fit into, I guess so then later on they can use that information to then personalise further those other touch points. So I, I'm definitely seeing where that is a practical thing and it doesn't really matter how big your organisation is. They can all do that. Can you give me an example of somebody that's doing this really well or an organisation? Yeah, and uh, also in, uh, in Connect, um, there, there's a couple of examples. So uh, if we take somebody that is more... Uh, <clears throat> local uh, to your area, then uh, we um, we have examples from uh, Q2, uh, QT Mutual uh, Bank, mm-hmm. uh, um, Auckland uh, Airport in uh, in the book, and also uh, Australian uh, Super. Uh, so so for instance, um, a good example would uh, would also be, um, if, uh, for instance, a QT, uh, QT Mutual uh, Bank. So they have um, a campaign running uh, each year, which they call a staff room for improvement. And that is a campaign where communities can can vote on a local uh, school that should uh, win a prize where they can improve their their staff room. So they actually uh, Mm -hmm. listen to uh, how um, visitors arrive on this uh, campaign site and also uh, what have their previous interactions uh, been on the site. And based on that, they uh, personalize the experience to make it more engaging and actually um, and also encourage the, um, the visitors 
to uh, to do more votes and even to earn more um, uh, apples uh, that you essentially use for for voting. So they 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 uh, use that uh, to really engage the visitors with uh, some really good results in terms of uh, getting people to uh, participate, engage, and um, and create uh, a lot of uh, um, vocal. Um, about this uh, this campaign, so that, that's a good example. Mm. Nissan is, uh, is another example. Um, Nissan have different uh, car models, um, and they are they are actually also using personalization based on uh, campaigns. So if you search for a specific uh, car model uh, Nissan, you go to their site. Um, then they would use uh, that in the moment be- uh, behavior. That you um, that you have from entering uh, the website to show some uh, some more relevant content based on that uh, specific car model you are interested uh, in. Mm. And that, and I guess those examples are good because what it's showing is they're listening to their customers and doing that feedback loop. And I mean, all of those things are are really easy. I remember um, working at a construction company, and we just had on the on a big whiteboard, you know, a happy customer face, a sad customer face, and the same for the employees, just on a big whiteboard. So that the internal team that were stuck in admin and the ones out on site could at least share that sentiment of what's happening in each other's world and what feedback they were getting from customers making it visual because often it just is staying in the hands of the marketing department or, you know, the people out on site are experiencing these things, but they never really get that touch point. And sometimes in a big meeting where everyone's there, those things aren't vocalised. So we actually made it physically a whiteboard, you know, in the lunchroom where everyone could communicate what was going on. And I guess the examples you've given are, you know, ways of doing that, um, you know, in larger companies. So really... Yeah, I really appreciate those examples. How do you how do you get the culture of the organisation, rather than just the marketing department, to say, well, we really are at this point and we need to move towards, you know, this lifetime customer engagement model? Yeah, and, and that's a really good uh, question because this is also a lot to do with the transformation mm-hmm. uh, going. The digital transformation, which eventually also will help transform the uh, the organization, um, you need to have a strong backing from the uh, executives of the organization to really uh, do this. Um, most likely, that strong backing will come from actually showing the results, um, because not all are in a position where they can just go in and have uh, a lot of uh, funding to really uh, do this uh, ground up. And really uh, start with the uh, the right approach. So in many cases, it's about um, uh, proving the quick wins, uh, showing the value of uh, of actually uh, personalizing the experiences and be more relevant for customers, and then um, tackle this one channel at a, at a time. And that will um, that will definitely help with the uh, with the transformation and also the change of uh, mindset. We have also been um, seeing a couple of examples where. They can actually start at a high level of maturity because they have a very big executive buy-in from day one. Mm-hmm. And essentially, they can enter into a very mature stage. And that is also what we are seeing uh, some of the most successful uh, organizations are doing, some of the startups are doing. Uh, think about the uh, Airbnb, the Uber. Um, mm-hmm. They have a strong vision from day one to be very customer-centric. 
and to uh, basically give a connected experience across channels. And by starting um, with that from uh, day one, they also enter into a very high stage because they don't have to have a lot of uh, legacy systems that are not connected and are just a bolted on uh, technology. They start very, very strong and they get a very competitive advantage uh, from peers that have not been able to uh, to run as uh, fast. Absolutely. And look, the model I'm sure is generating a lot of conversation and um, it resonates because people can identify where they are, which is kind of nice, but they also know where they need to go. And I think there's always been an inkling that, you know, that instead of building your company around perhaps what an idea you think might be good is actually testing that with the customer and then, as you said, this inside-out look, is it just makes sense. Can I ask you, is there anyone that you're following or reading at the moment that you think is a thought leader in this sort of space that's influencing sort of the landscape? Um, definitely um, Brian Solis is a, is a really good um, resource uh, for that. And uh, by the way, um, he also wrote the uh, forward for Connect, but he's really, really good. And uh, his blog is uh, excellent, really good uh, articles. David Merman Scott is another one. Um, really, uh, really some good insight in his uh, book, books, and um, and also he has a couple of uh, e-books, um, some really good articles on uh, on his blog as well around this uh, area, and also with a lot of focus on the um, on basically uh, the customer experience the uh, service uh, point of view and uh, how this is really uh, transforming and um, <clears throat> i would also just mention that you ask about getting the uh, organizations um, to buy in on this um, we have some examples that also uh, can uh, help in terms of uh, selling to the organization and a very um, uh, practical way to do that is to show the organization on terms of uh, where you have disconnects with your customers. So what are some of the experiences your customers are getting on your channels that are very disconnected in terms of what you are trying to achieve? Because that is usually a really good eye-opener for for starting to uh, change that and create more uh, relevant experiences. Absolutely. And And look, I encourage everyone to go and do the audit because it does... Um, ask even just by reading the questions you sort of as you said you can see that disconnect straight away well thanks Lars I really appreciate um, you having this chat with me it's it's really valuable and I I love the book um, what's the if somebody wants to connect with you what's the best way to do that yeah and then and, and thanks so much uh, for that uh, if somebody wants to uh, connect um, we have a website connect the and uh, on that uh, site, there's a maturity assessment. There's also some more uh, information about the uh, maturity model and some different uh, insights. So, uh, so that might be um, a resource to look into. Otherwise, uh, feel free to, um, to reach out. We are listening into hashtag ConnectCX on uh, Twitter or uh, just um, send me a message through uh, Twitter. My handle is uh, Lars uh, Birkholm, Birkholm um, for, uh, for that. Oh, great. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it and um, look forward to hearing some comments from some of the um, listeners. Hey, thanks for taking the time out of your busy day to listen to this podcast. 
For more great marketing tips, go to Dan's blog at www.daniellemcginnis.com and sign up for her marketing tips or visit her website at www.mcginnismarketing.com.au. Catch you next time.